0: Alright, good evening everyone. Hello. Hopefully everybody's having a blessed evening as we are. We see we already have a comment from Brittany. Hello, how are you doing? Hello, Brittany. we just like to say praise the Lord, thank the Lord for another day in the land of the living, thank the Lord for another chance to get right and to continue to grow in His Word. So, we're very appreciative of that. And if you're new around here... Uh, welcome to Join the Midst of the Storm. This is a place where we like to take deeper dives into the Bible and study a lot of scripture that may not be so popular. You may not know or your church may not go over. So our aim is to help bring those scriptures to light. And if you've been with us for a while, welcome back. And we hope to help you guys understand more scripture as we always do. But before we get to the main message, we had a question last Thursday, and we would like to address that this today. So, um, I forgot, Uh, her name is Angela, and she asked a question that says, is being cremated a sin? And so, we would just like to address that. And I'm going to turn it over to Minister Tony Banks, and he'll be more than happy to do that. Thank
1: you, Melvin. Uh, Before I get into the answer, we'd like to bow our heads and say a quick prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for yet another opportunity to study your word, to get closer to you, to grow stronger in your will. Lord, we thank you for everything you continually do for us, Lord, how you washed over us over the highways, going back and forth to our jobs or school or wherever we're going. Lord, we just thank you for everything you do, how you protect us from unseen and seen danger, Lord, how you continue to just be a light to the world, how you strengthen us. Lord, you do so many things that we couldn't even mention, so we just want to take a moment to say thank you, Lord. And, Lord, we're crying out. We're praying for the sick, the shut-in, the afflicted, all the people going through things, Lord, no matter what the trial or tribulation is, Lord, we're praying that you would elevate them, put them on eagle wings, Lord, and that you would just show that there is joy in the midst of every storm. Lord, we're praying these many blessings in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, as Melvin already mentioned, the question was asked, is cremation a sin? And the answer is no. Um the scripture tells us the body without the soul is dead so once a person dies their soul leaves the body it doesn't matter if we put them in the ground or if we cremate them It's nothing wrong with it so cremation is definitely not a sin uh, so we definitely wanted to clear that up first and foremost um, and thank you thank you definitely for asking that question and reaching out to us um and continue to reach out and ask any other questions that you may have. Any that goes for anyone out there, as we always say. But in short, again, cremation is not a sin because the person is already gone. There's nothing. Um, they they're no longer here, so it's no more sin that they can do. Um, so it wouldn't be a sin for the family to say, "Hey, I want to cremate them and keep them in a jar, um, put it over, put it on a shelf in my home," or Wherever the case may be, so again, cremation is not a sin.
0: Thank you for the question.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, I guess we'll move right along. Um,
0: Shamika says hi. Hey, Shamika, <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> Hello. Glad you tuned in and being with us this evening. So we wanted
1: to discuss condemnation judgment and repentance because a lot of times people talk about being judgmental and so we want to really shine a light on what that actually is and so before we get into the judgment aspect I want to go to the book of Mark first I know I told you John but I actually want to go to Mark first before we go back to John In the book of Mark, we'll look at the starting at the twenty-second verse because the first chapter, uh, eighth the eighth chapter, the eighth chapter, and the twenty-second verse. Because a lot of times, this is our problem as people, uh, and Jesus is going to mention it. And a lot of, I've heard a lot of people talk about these scriptures, but I want I wanted to go look at them here tonight.
0: Uh, Mark chapter eight and verse twenty-two, and he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him and besought him to touch him.
1: Now we're talking about Jesus here. He comes to this town, and they begged him to lay hands on this blind man.
0: And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked if he had if he saw.
1: Now, Jesus, he had been healing people prior to this. This is nothing new to him. This ain't the first time he's healed somebody. So he takes him from the city, away from everybody, gets him, like I said, away from everybody and asks him, what does he see? And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. He said, I see men as trees walking. This is our problem today. There's another scripture that says, You shall know a tree by the fruits that it bears. So here, this man is really seeing too much. Jesus has opened his eyes to some things That is actually too much. He's seeing too much right now. He said, I see men as trees walking. He sees the condition that people are in. Again, the scripture says, Ye shall know a tree by the fruits that it bear, whether it's evil or whether it's good. He's talking about people. You'll know people if they're evil or if they're righteous by their actions. So here, this man says. I see men as trees walking. He sees the condition of
0: people. Let's see how Jesus responds to this. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. (laughs) He saw too much. He saw
1: too much. So Jesus puts his hands over him again. And then he restores his vision plainly. The way we see today. Seeing people normally. But... Jesus doesn't make any mistakes he did this to teach us something he don't make any mistakes I've heard people talk about he had to get a second touch no the first touch was uh, a lesson for us because a lot of us see too much we see the condition that people in and we judge them for it we do it a lot of times someone will do something wrong and we say See, I told you they're evil. They need to go to hell. I hope they rot in hell. Somebody need to kill that person. That's us as people. People that claim Christianity. People that don't claim Christianity. It doesn't matter who it is. We see someone do something evil and we say, see, I hope they rot in hell. I'm praying that somebody can truthfully admit that they have those thoughts. They have those feelings because God wants to change that. God, doesn't want us that, God does not want us that way. But we see too much. And then we begin to judge people. We don't look at where a person can be or where they will be. We only look at where they're at currently. Nope. So Jesus touched this blind man the first time and asked him, what could he see? He opened the man's eyes. He opened his eyes. To something spiritual. And he said. I see men walking as trees. He saw too much. And that's how we are today. We see way too much. And we make the wrong judgment. Because of it. I want to go now. uh, To the book of John now. That's also in the 8th chapter. And we'll start at verse 1. Because. Again. We see too much. We condemn people. We judge people, but I want to make sure we know what judgment and condemnation actually is. Because a lot of times we'll say somebody's judging us when they really aren't. So let's look at how Jesus handles this situation. Very famous story where Jesus was brought a woman caught in the act of adultery. And so we'll look at this and see how Jesus responded.
0: Uh, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives. And early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him. And he sat down and taught them. Now, Jesus is in the temple, the church,
1: teaching. He's always teaching. So he's trying
0: to enlighten people, all right? And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery. In the very act. Now, the
1: Pharisees and scribes bring in a woman caught in adultery. Now, it don't say nothing about the man. She wasn't alone in adultery. But they didn't bring the man because they had their own motive in mind. That's us today, too. We have our own motives in mind. So we see what we want to see. We have selective seeing. Just like people say, I have selective hearing, we got selective seeing, too. Because we see certain people do wrong and the other people, we pretend like that didn't happen. We'll let that go.
0: So they bring in a woman and they tell Jesus she was caught in the very act. Now, Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what says now? Now, according to the law of
1: Moses, if a person was caught in adultery, they are to be stoned to death condemned to death cast judgment on to death now they wanted to catch Jesus this entire time going against the law of Moses because they knew the law of Moses came from God and if they caught Jesus going against the law of Moses they would say See, you're not, you're not the son of God because you go, you're going directly against God. How can you be of God? On the other hand, if Jesus says don't uh, or, or kill her, then they say, all right, we're going to take him to the Romans because he is a murderer. And under the Roman law, you can't murder. Just like here in the United States, we can't murder. So under the Roman government, they were not to murder either. So either way, they have Jesus in a trap. So they thought, but they didn't know who they were dealing with. They didn't know who they were dealing with. So the Bible says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. So if we have the mind of Christ, we too can be, God will deliver us out of traps The same way he delivered Jesus. Because we have access to the same mind. The same power of Jesus. We have access to it. We don't have an excuse today.
0: Andre says, God bless you two men and what you're ministering. Thank you, Andre. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, they bring him to Jesus and they say, What do you say we should do with this woman? This they said, tempting him. That they might have to accuse him. See, they wanted to catch him in a trap. <laughs> That's what they did. Every opportunity they got was tried to catch Jesus in a trap. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he had heard them not. My God, we got to learn to
1: ignore people. <laughs> we have to learn to let things roll off of our back. But now, I want you to catch this. For those that are listening, catch this. Jesus, he, now he heard everything they said. He knew they were coming from the beginning, but he stooped
0: down and he wrote something on the ground. He wrote something. Mm -hmm. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him cast the first cast, let him first cast a stone at her.
1: Now he wrote something though. He went down there writing writing for fun. He wrote something. He wrote something on the ground. Now, the Bible does not tell us what he wrote. But if you have the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost searches things deep. But I'm going to tell you what he wrote. He wrote their track record down. He wrote their sins down on the ground. See, Jesus knows all things. Somebody say, how do you know that? Jesus knows all things. So he knew they didn't have to come in and tell their name. He knew exactly who all of these people were who came into them, came into this room. He wrote their track record on the ground, stood up and said, now, all of you who have no sins, y'all cast the first stone. But he knew they had sin because he just wrote their sins down on the ground. How can they get away from that? How can you get away from that? He wrote their own sins down on the ground.
0: And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Mm -hmm. And they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience. they were convicted
1: of their own conscience. Why? Because he had exposed it. Because he had wrote it on the ground. See, today, we all know we've sinned. We all know that. But now, it's different when somebody points your sins out to you. And especially when they point them out in front of other people. Now, that's different though. You'll be convicted of your own conscience when somebody points your sins out. Because that's exactly what Jesus did. He wrote down their sins right in front of them. Everybody can see everybody else's sin. But... Since he exposed it, that's when they became convicted. Because look at their reaction. What else could he have wrote on the ground to cause them to say, "Man, forget about this woman"? <laughs> How could he? What could he have wrote to cause these people to just forget about what they were doing? They had a, they did a one eighty. They completely flipped the script. They turned all the way around. They man, they forgot they even brought this lady there. They ain't even care about her anymore.
0: Read the read the uh read verse nine again. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. <laughs> My God. Jesus wrote a track record down on the ground.
1: And so being convicted of that. They had to get out of there. He said. Whoever in here has no sin. You throw the first stone. You kill this woman. You throw the first stone. And then the rest of y'all fill in. They couldn't do it. (laughs) They couldn't do it. Because. They have sinned. Just as this woman has sinned. And we're all guilty. But. They wanted to condemn this woman. They wanted to judge. Now, this is what true judgment is. When you say, this person needs to die, and we do that as Christians, because like I was trying to point out in the book of Mark, we see too much. We see the condition of a person, but we don't see where they're headed. We see the beginning of the chapter, but we don't see the end of the book. We see this woman has committed adultery. Oh, she destroyed her family. She should die. But no, Jesus said no. Give her an opportunity to repent, to change. That's what what life is about, an opportunity to
0: get better. And that's what Jesus gave this woman. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, woman, Where are those thine accusers? Had no man condemned thee? Where are they? (laughs) They had to get out of there. They had to leave
1: because they knew they've transgressed. They knew they had a lot of sin themselves. So how could they rightfully kill this woman when they are just as much worthy to be judged? If they stoned her, they needed to be stoned themselves. So that is not our job to kill someone because they have sinned. That's not our job. And that goes for See, God holds all sins equal. Whether it be adultery or fornication or lying or stealing or murder. God holds all that equal. So who are we to say, oh, you need to kill them? That's condemnation. That's judgment. Saying, let's kill them. Let's get rid of them. They don't deserve to live any longer. That's that's us, though. That's us as Christians. That's us as a society, as a world. We're fast to condemn someone. We said, man, I can't believe they killed all those people. They deserve to die. That wasn't what Jesus said, though. That's not what he said. If we look at Paul, who was originally Saul, we might have to go pick that up. We may not, but Saul was on his way to have even more people killed and God stopped him in his tracks. And God called him to be the apostle of the Gentile. God did that. So if God can change a murderer, and give them an opportunity for repentance who are we to stop it who are we to say they don't deserve to have another opportunity who are we to do that he says if we don't forgive our Heavenly Father won't forgive us so Jesus here. He rises up now, and he asks the woman, where did everybody go? (laughs) (laughs) Where did they all go? But Jesus has exposed their sins now. See, it's different when your sins are exposed. Now, that's different. When he shines the light on your dirty laundry. Now, it's different when, when God does that. But we can easily point the finger at somebody else. When somebody else has done wrong, when somebody else has made mistakes, we can easily do that until it's flipped on us. And Jesus writes down our record. He brings our record to the forefront. He said, now let me show you what you've done. You talking about her. See, that's how judgment is going to be. We can't come in there and bring up somebody else's sins. I can't stand before God. And bring up, well, God, Melvin made me do that. Well, what about Melvin? He, you know what he was going to do? He's going to open the book and show me what I've done. Every single
0: thing <laughs> we do is being recorded. And I don't mean to cut you off, but I see we have right. a question um, from from Anne. She says, what if we have been hurt so bad? How do we forgive? It hurts.
1: I understand what you're saying. I, we've all been there. I know I have. People... Definitely. People... Will hurt you over and over and over. And you think. Man the people you do the most for. Are the people that hurt you the most. But. We have to allow God to take. That burden away from us. We have to. Pray about it. Ask God to remove that weight from you. Because it hurts to hold on to that. Because every time there is a memory of whoever the people are or the person is, instantly it ruins everything for you.
0: Your day is ruined. Your hour is ruined. I've definitely been <laughs> being in a good mood and then I mean, that thought just hits you and then it's like your whole day just, turning, just turns upside down.
1: you like, man, I can't eat. I can't sleep. <laughs> I mean, it throws I mean everything off about you. You up half the night. But when you can allow God to take that burden from you, man, it feels amazing to say, man, I forgive you. I'm not going to worry about that. You might not want to get straight with God, but I'm going to get straight. See, because and it's important to forgive someone because God, Jesus told us that God won't forgive us. So. If I don't forgive someone who's done me wrong, I'm actually stopping myself from making it to heaven. That's what he said. That's his word. Let's pick that up. We'll come back to this. Let's pick that up real quick.
0: It's definitely a good question.
1: Uh, I got to see where it is.
0: Yeah, I also forgot.
1: I'm sorry for the delay on finding this scripture. I should know where this is by now. All right, Matthew 6, and I think it's 14 or 15. let get my spot with a little back up. Yep. We'll come back to Matthew or Mark, John 8, excuse me. It's
0: Matthew 14. Well, Matthew 6? and 14. Uh, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 14. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you.
1: So now these are if statements. Notice, read these scriptures real carefully and slowly. These are if statements. He says, if you forgive others their sins, God
0: will forgive you. But if, but if you forgive not men their trespasses Neither will your father forgive your trespasses Another
1: if statement But if you don't forgive them God won't forgive you Now he can't go against himself That's his word So despite what anybody will tell you People will tell you don't, don't ever forgive them Hold it against
0: them for Now that's people telling you that you know, I hear that all the time I'm never forgiving them for what they do mm-hmm. And they just don't know that Sending themselves to hell I mean as terrible as that sounds That's what they're doing If they hold true to that And don't ever forgive that person Then there's no chance that they can make it And um, Ann says I'm learning more and more Just got baptized August 11th And Satan has been ta- attacking me uh, Ever since He's been attacking me ever since then Me and the kids. He's going to fight. Because he does not want you to be saved.
1: Before you. Continued with your salvation. And getting baptized. And trying to live right. He didn't have a reason to fight you. As long as. We're not trying to follow God. What what does the devil have to fight us for? Because we're already on his side. But the minute we. Try to reach out to God. We try to do right. That's when he's coming with everything he got. Because he doesn't want you to see God. He doesn't want you to get baptized. He doesn't want you to go to church. He doesn't want you to go to a Bible study. He don't want you to read. He don't want you to pray. You talk about that and find out how many people say, man, these people are crazy. They talk about having Bible study multiple times a week. What? (laughs) I went to church on Sunday That should be good enough I don't even have to go to church That's good enough See, <laughs> the devil don't want you to truly learn But now we can go to school Five, six, seven days a week We can go to our job six, seven days a week Nobody bets or not Nobody There's <laughs> nothing wrong with you going to your job Seven days a week But you talk about having a Bible study Seven days a week I said, man, shoot, I ain't for all that but that's because we follow traditions. We follow certain traditions that tell us you shouldn't be doing that. but definitely continue praying and asking God to remove those burdens from you because God requires us to forgive others, even though it may seem hard.
0: that's what he requires. And the harder it is if it kills somebody. It'll feel so much better. The better it'll feel whenever you do forgive them and let that burden go. Drop that weight from your shoulder. Mm-hmm. I'm a living witness.
1: <laughs> but um, but we'll go back to the John 8, the John chapter 8, and we'll finish that up. But continue, everyone, continue asking questions uh, whenever you have something else.
0: And says, thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you for reaching out and asking that question because I'm pretty sure multiple people have that exact same question and will not ask because of fear of judgment of others. But thank you for having the courage Mm -hmm. to reach out and ask and actually try to get some help. Thank you so much for that. Mm -hmm. So we'll start again at verse nine. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one. Eight.
1: I'm sorry, start at
0: eight, I'm sorry. Eight, And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, began con- being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst.
1: <laughs> now, <laughs> Jesus wrote their record on the ground. They're reading it in their minds. See, we have to read it. They're not reading it out loud. They're reading it in their mind. They hear this now because we know we can hear what we read in our mind. They hear it and God begins to convict their conscience. So they leave starting with the oldest (laughs) to the youngest. So did
0: you read verse 10? earlier but I can reread it mm-hmm. when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman he asked unto her woman where are those thine accusers Hath no man condemned thee where did they all go she said no man Lord and Jesus said unto her neither do I condemn thee go and sin no more now this is a crucial crucial verse here because so many people have heard this
1: story but they don't hear this part we hear what Jesus told the accusers, the people who said, Man, she needs to be stoned and killed. We hear what Jesus told them. We we all know Jesus said, You that are without sin cast the first stone. We know that part. Yeah. We know that with the T. But we don't know what Jesus tells the woman after they leave because this is just as important as the other verses so when he talks to her she said they're all gone and notice what Jesus instructs her to do to repent Jesus says I'm not going to condemn you but I do have some advice for you he said go and don't do that again Don't go sinning again. But that, now this is the part that we don't want to hear. Because people say, Jesus died for me so I can sin all I want to. Jesus, I would be wasting what Jesus did if I wasn't sinning. That's the mentality that people have. But Jesus didn't say go do that. He didn't say go keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a good job. He he didn't say that. He said, go and don't sin again. Don't continue in sin. Don't plan to sin. Don't look forward to sinning. Don't do that. So we're familiar with Jesus saying, he who is without sin cast the first stone. But we're not familiar with Jesus telling her, don't continue to sin. We're not familiar with that. But that's repentance. He's telling her to change. That's what Jesus is about. He's not about... Allowing us to continue the same lifestyle that we currently live. No, He wants me to change. So, it's not judgment to point out... Hey, someone has sinned. That's calling it like it is. I I'll, I'll oftentimes say... If... If I went to a store... And I said, I would like some green apples. And they come out with a bag of oranges. I said, hold on, man. I told y'all I wanted some green apples. What is this? They said, oh, you don't judge me now. You can't come in here judging me. Say, <laughs> said, well, well, my God. <laughs> if you tell people how it is, they automatically say you're judging them. But no, judgment is... Casting people into hell Saying man I hope you go to hell Now let's kill this person And I hope they rot in hell That's judgment That's condemnation But pointing out someone's sin Telling me Tony you were wrong for That's telling the truth Saying I seen Tony Tony wasn't supposed to be doing that He was out there lying to people That's telling the truth That's not judging me but we have gotten things twisted. Jesus told her to repent. Repentance means to change. Repentance does not mean just say I'm sorry. Because how can I continue to say I'm sorry and do it over and over and over and over? I don't mean I'm sorry. I just said the word, but I'm not sorry. How would you feel if I put a, a nail in your tire on Monday, and I say, you know what, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They say, okay, Tony, I can forgive you. And then I do it again on Tuesday, <laughs> and I say, I'm sorry, I, I I shouldn't have did that. I mean, I, I don't know what came over me. I shouldn't have did that. And Wednesday roll around, I put another nail in your tire, gold nail this time. And I say, you know what? I'm, I'm, man, I'm so sorry. I don't know what, what I, I, don't know why I keep doing that. And Thursday come, I do it again. I say, you know, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah, you, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I did every time, huh? I ain't even tried to get every time, but I got, I guess I got every time. See, that's not repentance. That's not being godly sorrowful, because when you're truly sorry for something, you don't want to do it again. You don't want to do it again, but we've gotten so confused and so twisted that we feel that repentance is just saying, I'm sorry, but I'm going to do it in a few minutes. I'm actually planning to do it tomorrow too. That's not being sorry, but that's what Jesus tells her to do. He said, go and don't sin again. That's where, and he still has that same mentality for us. Even though he's died for our sins, he's still saying, don't continue doing it. So that's the difference between condemnation, judgment, and repentance. It's not continuing in sin. But he didn't say that she was not wrong for adultery. He didn't say she wasn't wrong. But again, we see too much as people. The Pharisees and scribes, they saw too much. They saw the woman was in an evil state. In in committing adultery, she was committing evil. But instead of them saying, let's pray for this woman. Let's, Let's hope... Let's try to help her. Let's tell her, hey, that's not right. Hey, you need to change. Hey, you don't need to continue doing that. Let's love them. That's what love is about. Because God is going to judge. I want to look at that. Because we don't realize that we have to hold these scriptures. Let's flip over to the 12th chapter. And we'll start at verse 47. We don't realize that we have to follow these scriptures because we're going to be judged by them. You won't be judged by Tony, you won't be judged by Melvin. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) We don't have anything to do with these scriptures.
0: Let's look at verse 47 And if any man hear my words And believe not I judge him not For I came not to judge the world But to save the world
1: Now Jesus said I didn't come to judge I came to save That's what he showed us In the scriptures we just read They wanted to cast judgment on her But he said No give her an opportunity Give her an opportunity to be saved Allow her to a
0: chance to be saved
1: see if she gonna change give
0: her a chance to change mm-hmm he that rejected me and receiveth not my words hath one that judges him the word that I have spoken the same shall judge him in the last day the word that he has spoken
1: that's going to be the judgment in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God these scriptures is God's words All of the scriptures are God's words. And we all will be judged by these words. So, yes, if I continue in adultery, I won't be saved. Because Jesus plainly told her, go and don't sin anymore. Don't do that same stuff. Don't continue sinning. She wouldn't be saved if she said, all right, Jesus, thank you. And went right back to doing what she just did.
0: That's what we do.
1: And that's what we do. (laughs) And say, Jesus died for me. Yes, but he died so
0: that you wouldn't continue doing the same thing over and over and over. Another misconception, people, to um, piggyback off of that. Jesus died for our right to earn salvation. For our right to earn and get the gift of the Holy Ghost. He didn't die, that means we automatically have it. That's just another misconception that that definitely needs to be cleared up. Says he if he didn't come down and do that, we wouldn't even have the right or the ability to be forgiven. So I just wanted to add that. But um let's also go to First Corinthians. Chapter
1: six. Now, these are the scriptures because we'll be judged by all scriptures. So, these are scriptures that we will be judged by. I remember I was talking to someone. uh, I was talking to one person and they didn't know fornication was a sin. I was talking to a different person. They didn't know getting drunk was a sin. I said, yeah, it's all there. And this is what we're going to be judged by. Whether we know it or not, Um, in the Old Testament, God says his people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because they don't know. We don't know what it is that God even wants us to be doing. We think we're just doing everything God wants. But we don't even know because we don't search
0: the scriptures. Let's look at verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Know ye not
1: that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Hold on. I thought Jesus Christ died though. I thought he died for my sins. He did. But again, it's just like he told the woman caught in adultery. Don't continue doing it. He paid the price for your sins, but not if you keep doing them. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Be not deceived. Don't be deceived. Now, people, people are going to continue telling you. You can go ahead and do it. Jesus Christ died for that. Oh, he got you covered. You continue doing what you're doing, girl. Ain't nothing wrong with it. <laughs> that ain't what he said. He told them, again, he told the woman he said go and sin no more he's telling tony go and sin no more he's telling melvin go and sin no more. it ain't no it's no different for nobody we all will be judged by the scripture jesus just said it
0: we're going to be judged by these scriptures again be not deceived neither fornicators nor idolaters nor adulterers nor effeminate nor abusers of themselves with mankind Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. None of those sinners will inherit the kingdom of God. That's the
1: difference. We have to change. We have to. God requires it. Even with Jesus' sacrifice. Even with it. See, this is New Testament. This is Corinthians. This is Paul writing a letter to the Corinth church so this is not Old Testament this is after Jesus Christ has already died if anybody knew Jesus Christ died for sins Paul knew it because he was the person running around killing people calling on the name of Jesus he knew that but Paul himself wrote this letter and said don't be deceived now because so many people are running around telling you oh, you don't have nothing to worry about You don't have to do nothing. Ain't nothing you have to do to be saved. People tell you that all the time. But no, there is. There's a lifestyle change that needs to happen. Because God says so. Jesus himself. And we call him Lord. We say he is the son of God. We say he is God manifesting the flesh. He told us to go and don't sin anymore. And even here to back him up. Paul now says, don't be deceived. Don't let nobody fool you. Don't you know that if you continue sinning, being unrighteous, you won't inherit the kingdom of God? Don't you know that?
0: Uh Uh-huh. And such for some of you. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. This is the beautiful part.
1: So many of us were in that situation. We were doing so many unrighteous things. And we knew we were wrong when Jesus wrote our record down on the ground. When we began to stare in the mirror at ourselves, looking at our record, the same way the abusers looked at their record, our hearts convicted us too. We said, good God mighty I'm evil. I'm wrong. And,
0: uh, one bishop said, the uh, word of God is like a mirror. You look at it and you see yourself in it.
1: We realized we were wrong. And so we had to change. That's what God wants, a change. That's what he's giving us an opportunity for. To see if we're going to change. But will that be you? Or will you continue to overlook your own sins and look at somebody else's and say, well, they shouldn't have did what they did to me. Well, I hope they get what they got coming. Yeah, but you're going to get what you got coming too. Are we going to look at ourselves, examine ourselves? Because we're hurting ourselves as Christians. We're hurting ourselves by being deceived. I I can't tell you how many Christians I've talked to that feel that we don't have to do a single thing. God don't want you to change. Where did you see that at? God does require a change. He says it over and over. And if you don't hear Jesus, I mean, you ain't going to hear nobody. If Jesus told you to go and sin no more, And you didn't listen. I know you're not going to listen to Tony. So that's where we are. But again. As we've seen in the book of Mark. We see too much. We're going around looking at everybody else. The condition that they're in. But never looking at ourselves. You know. I was thinking about it. Throughout our normal day. We see everybody else way more than we see ourselves. Even right now, I'm not looking at me. (laughs) I turn every once in a while and I see Melvin's condition. I can't see Tony. (laughs) I can't see how Tony's face looks. That's how we are as people. We're always looking at everybody else. Our eyes are fixed on everybody else. Never looking at ourselves. We don't spend that much time looking in the mirror unless we get ready to go somewhere. (laughs) Oh yeah. <laughs> but after that you just out there focus on everybody else ooh look at what they got on look at how they look look at how they dread look look at this look at how tall they are look at how short ooh that person No, they big ooh that person ooh that person we're looking at everything else but our own condition but the scripture said examine ourselves we need to look at ourselves but we see too much We see too much. We're always looking at someone else and we're fast to condemn them. But Jesus said, go and sin no more. You need to change. Repent. And we get quiet when when things are switched on us. We change. Just as we saw when the uh, accusers came in. See, they they had a lot to say when the finger was pointed at the woman that was caught in adultery. They had a whole lot to say then. But as soon as their record came up, as soon as the mirror was shined on them, (laughs) as soon as they began to see their own dirty deeds, they had to get out of there. They didn't even want to talk about it. They did not even want to discuss with Jesus. Well, what do you think we should do? I said well, well, because they come in there saying the law of Moses said she needs to be stoned. What do you think we should do with her, Jesus? They didn't look at their record and say, Well, Jesus, what do you think we should be? What should be done with us? They didn't ask that question. They said, No, we got to get up out of here. How do you know that? I can't believe this man knew I did that. How did he know that? I thought that nobody see me. But it's different when it's turned on us. See, they didn't even bring in the guy that was called in adultery. See, this was a plan to trap Jesus. The scripture told us they tempted him. This was a plan to trap Jesus from the very beginning. But it turned into the... He <laughs> turned the trap right on them. They came, some kind of way they went in there and got trapped themselves and they came in there to trap Jesus and they got trapped themselves and ran out of there they didn't stick around long they ran out of there but again that's us we're fast to point the picture at somebody else is wrong, but we never take a second to look at. what what am I doing wrong though?
0: What
1: what about me though? Because God doesn't need Tony's help to straight to 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 sit around and look at what Melvin does wrong all the time. He doesn't need my help to do that. He sees what Melvin does wrong, but. What about what Tony's doing wrong? When am I going to look at that?
0: Well, we have some comments. Angela says the battle of the flesh, I'm always looking at others. That's true. Stephanie says we have to examine ourselves constantly. We wrestle we wrestle against our flesh, and it's easy to sin without even knowing. hmm And you know why? Because we don't take the time to find out. We don't take the time to read these scriptures to see. That's so true. And Tony mentioned it earlier in the Old Testament. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6 to be exact. Um, God says my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Because they has rejected knowledge. We don't want to sit down and read this Bible. People look at us like we alien or something when we say we're yeah. having a Bible study. <laughs> it's just like the accusers that brought the
1: woman in. If you bring up a Bible study, notice how everybody get out of Dodge. <laughs> they ain't talking about that no more. Everybody slowly starts to just get away. Yep. They pretend that they didn't hear that.
0: Yep. <laughs> Bring up a Bible study. Bring up God. Sharon says, "Hello, Sharon." A lot of Christian people look at other wrongdoings, but not their own. No one, no one's sin is greater than the next. Mm-hmm. Every every sin is equal. And, and it's it's it's.
1: At this point, honestly though, I expect it, but you see so many Christians, whenever they see someone has done wrong, we're so fast to say, man, they deserve the worst death. They deserve a slow, painful death. They deserve to go to hell. But why being a Christian if we we say we we don't truly know. I know you don't. I know you don't truly know because you make comments like that. But we say we understand God. We say we understand the eternal punishment that hell is going to be. Why would I wish someone to go to hell? Why would I want you to do that? The Bible says it's not God's will that any should perish. He don't want you to go to hell. He know you're going. Because he has to hold you to these scriptures. There's a lot of folks going. Because he can't let you slide. If he said it in the scripture. We have to do it. But he doesn't want you to go to hell. He's giving you an opportunity to straighten up right now. But so if. I truly understand hell is going to be the worst thing that ever happened to anybody. The worst thing. I don't care how you die, because this ain't the end, friends. uh, I don't care if you had cancer, the worst disease, the rarest disease. It doesn't matter. I mean, I understand, and I wouldn't wish that on anybody either. Mm -hmm. But I understand that after you take your last breath here, this race is over. If you end up going to hell, nothing will compare to that. Nothing will compare to going to hell. Because that's for eternity. What we go through here is but a blink of the eye.
0: Life isn't that long here. We can can live a million years on earth and it still will not amount to anything in hell. We can't even wrap our minds around eternity. But just, you know, think about that. Never stop. Ne- constant pain, torture. He says, says it will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for eternity. And what can compare to that? Eternity, man. What can compare to that? So,
1: I have to say, man, I got to forgive somebody because it's not worth
0: me going to the eternity of hell for it. Yeah, no matter what they did, and no, no matter, matter what person calls you no crazy matter. for forgiving somebody, man, they killed my mama. You think I should... to forgive them. Yeah, em. yes. Gotta forgive them. Love them. Love your enemies. Bless them. Bless them that curse you. Gotta forgive It's hard, but I mean, it'll be so much worthwhile when we um, do the scriptures right and hear, well done. Because we don't want to hear the other part of that. We don't want to hear it. I, I know you're not... Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. You don't want to hear that. Because at that time, there's no coming back. There's no more chance for redemption. The time is now. Paul said the return of Jesus could come at any time. And he said that back in his day. So how much more close are we now?
1: It's nothing worth it. Nothing is worth an eternity of hell. But we don't want to give up getting drunk. We don't want to give up doing whatever wrong it is that God told us not to do. And we know it. Sometimes people really don't know. But you can find out. That's the thing we don't want to find out. We know God said some stuff that we're not going to agree with. So we don't want to find out. But ask yourself, is it really worth An eternity of hell, of punishment, being cast into the lake of fire. Is it really worth that? Is it really worth all the suffering and torture that God is trying to save you from? He doesn't want you to go there. But we have Christians today, Christian people, people that go to church every week, Still saying, man, I hope that person goes to hell. I hear so much. Almost on a daily basis. I hope they rot in hell. Not knowing they on their way to hell themselves. Making these evil comments like this. Because that's not a pure heart. I should be saying, man, I hope this person gets right. Because
0: it would hurt me for these people to go to hell. And we make so many evil and slick comments like that. And the scripture says we will be taking account of every other word that we say. Angela says, it's sure not easy to forgive. However, not forgiving someone will block your blessings. God has forgiven us of all all our sins. It was hard for me to forgive the person who repeatedly sexually abused me. But when, when I did finally forgive, the doors that God has opened up for me were unexplainable. True, amen. It's
1: amazing. Thank you for sharing because people need to hear these types of things. Definitely. To let somebody else know that they can forgive someone who's done the sim- similar things to them.
0: People need to hear that kind of stuff. Because whatever anybody does to you, they're going to have to answer to God. Mm-hmm. That's the sense of relief right there. They're, they're, like, people always wish they're going to get, like, I wish they'll get what's coming to them. They deserve it. I mean, It's what God is for. It's not up to us to get revenge. I mean, I'm pretty sure most of us know the scripture, vengeance belongs to the Lord. So why are we steady trying to get even? Why are we steady holding grudges against a person? They're going to have to answer to God. And so will we. So we better make sure that we do what he said, do forgive. Mm -hmm. So again, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Deeply sorry you had to go through that, but I'm very glad that you were able to forgive that person. And I'm pretty sure, as you said, it was a huge weight off your shoulders. And what doors God opened, no man can shut. Mm -hmm. So again, thank you for sharing. Uh, Stephanie says, what about self-conviction? When God has forgiven you, but you convict yourself. I know someone who does this. Self-conviction? So... Read that question again. What about self-conviction? When God has already forgiven you, but I'm guessing you haven't forgiven yourself. I know someone who does this.
1: Well, is the person being convicted of something that they did, let's say, years ago, months ago, they're still being haunted by what they did, even though they're not even continuing to do that thing again? If that's the case, then they have to just continue to pray um, that God would help them remove that that thought. Because if God forgives a person, then there's nothing else to be said about it. There's nothing we can do. Um, there's nothing anyone else can do. Because a lot of times, people will point out your past and say, Well, you remember you did this? Remember you did that? But... <laughs> That's
0: all in the rear view mirror <laughs>
1: But God If if you have moved on with your life God is not holding that To your charge anymore God's not holding you accountable For that anymore God knows we're not perfect Stephanie says correct to what you ask Okay So yeah That person just needs to continue to pray And seek God that He would just Remove that thought from their mind because like I said if God has already forgiven a person if they've already went to God and said man God I, I know I shouldn't have did this and gotten straight they've already talked to the preacher about it gotten straight then there's nothing else they need to do about that mm-hmm. but move on and continue living toward and moving towards the call of God
0: and um Ann says you're so right we are really bad people but god has saved me i love this i'm learning so much and only want to do right so my children may follow and when they grow up they will never part proverbs 22 and 6 that, that's great amen glad you're enjoying it angela says yes amen i'm glad i had to endure many things but the things i went through brought me to god and was not meant to occur to people for for me me for the life i've been given Make sure I read that right. I'm glad I had to endure many things, but the things I went through brought me to God and was meant to occur to prepare me for the life I've been given. Sorry, I misread that, but definitely, He will. That's why we must rejoice through our tribulation because He'll never put more on us that we can bear. And all things work
1: for the good to them that love Him. I mean, He, God does that a lot. He uses situations to bring us to him but a lot of people continue to ignore that he's calling because think about it every time something tragic happens the first thing people do is talk about well i want people i want y'all to pray for us say some prayers for us see we don't start to actually think about god until bad things start to happen to us so he has to reach us somehow because he wants us to be saved. So he allows some things to happen to get so that his will will be done. Because as long as life is good and comfortable for us, we're not thinking about God. Nope. Like, man, shoot, God must be happy with me, man. I'm flourishing out here.
0: Everything is going good for me. Sharon says, forgiveness is something I have a really hard time doing, especially if I feel I've been done wrong. I don't necessarily hold it grudges, but walking up to a person and saying I forgive you is hard. And I probably won't. Not today. And tomorrow is never promised. So it's something I have to work on. Well.
1: Oh. I'm not sure let let me let me let me uh, do some research on that I'm not sure if we have to necessarily walk up to them and say I forgive you um, we may because I do remember he talks about getting right with your brother before you bring your gift so we may but I don't want to comment on it before I look deeper into it so I, I'm a, I'm gonna look deeper into that that comment. Uh, before I give a response to that,
0: but it's good that you you notice you need to work on it and looking at yourself as well is definitely a good thing.
1: But uh, but yeah, we definitely have to we have to forgive. Again, the scripture says, "Let this mind be in you." That was also in Christ Jesus. And we know what he did. In the middle. In the midst of people. Spitting, yelling, cursing at them. Mocking them. He said father forgive them. That's some power and humility. That's the power of the Holy Ghost. At display. Because. Now, that's hard for people to still be doing you wrong. See, sometimes people don't forgive a person and that person may have apologized, may have never done anything else wrong to them, may have moved on with their life. Some people like that, they still won't forgive a person. But these people weren't even trying to apologize to Jesus.
0: He said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do while they were in the act. Now that's hard. How many of us can say, let's just say, (laughs) they're beating us up right, right in the middle of the street. How many of us can say God forgive them? That's hard. With a bloody nose. Especially with the crowd watching. How many of us can do that? That's hard.
1: But that's what God is expecting us to work towards. that's being a true christian there because it's easy for us to be like everyone else and say oh i hate them or i hope something bad happened to them it's easy to do that oh i gotta get them back oh that's easy but saying i forgive them now that's where we truly begin to do the
0: will of god Stephanie says, I do have another question about a scripture. I can't remember exactly where it is in the Bible. It talked about one of the disciples writing a letter to a church where a man is sleeping with his father's wife. And he told him to repent. But if he doesn't, not to even eat with him. Does that mean if someone who calls themselves a Christian and you say, hey, this isn't right. This isn't right in love and show them what God says. And they don't repent and keep doing it. But crying, Lord, Lord, are we supposed to separate ourselves from that person?
1: If a person, uh, it's in the book of Corinthians, um, he was, person was committing fornication with, I think it was their father's wife. Um, I don't remember exactly where that scripture is, but also I think that was in the first chapter or the first book of Corinthians, but Paul then later talks about that same thing in the second chapter book of corinthians
0: stephanie says leviticus 20 and 12 i think uh it's definitely in the book corinthians i'm pretty
1: sure that's in the book corinthians but read read that question one more time
0: Uh, it talked about one of the disciples writing a letter to a church where a man is sleeping with his father's wife and he told him to repent but if he doesn't not to even eat with him does that mean if someone who calls themselves a Christian and you say, hey, that isn't right and love, like you said, look with love and show them that God, what God says and they don't repent and keep doing it. But crying, Lord, Lord, are we supposed to separate ourselves from that person? So.
1: So let me find a different scripture.
0: Good question.
1: Let's go to 2 Corinthians. Oh, this is in Corinthians also. Good. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And verse, I think I want to start with 17. Um. Uh, Actually, let's start with verse 14. This is the instruction, and this goes for that scenario you're talking about or any other scenario. Now, God wants us to continue to reach out to people, but if they just don't want any part of it, you got to go on. If they don't want to hear anything else you say, they say, man, look, stop talking to me. I already decided this is what I'm going to do. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to read no scripture. I don't want to hear nothing about that. This is what I'm going to do.
0: This is what God tells us. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and verse 14. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What fellowship does a righteous person
1: trying to live godly have with an unrighteous person? He said, what fellowship do you have? Don't be unequally yoked. Because if you show someone in Scripture, hey, this is wrong, and they still don't want to accept it, they fall in the unbeliever category. It doesn't matter if they say, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died on the cross. That that don't matter. Because all Scripture is inspired by God. Every single one of them. Not just the Scripture that said Jesus Christ is the Son of God.
0: If you don't believe all the scriptures, you don't believe any of them. If we become an unbeliever at one point, we become an unbeliever at all. So he says, What fellowship do you have with
1: them? Mm-hmm. And what communion hath light with darkness? Light and darkness don't be they can't stay in the same place. Light and dark cannot
0: stay in the same place. hmm And what conquered hath Christ with Belial? Mm -hmm. But what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? Mm -hmm. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Mm -hmm. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Come out from among them.
1: Because they're going to continue to vex you. They're going to continue to tempt you. With evil. They're going to continue to frustrate you. Make you angry.
0: And Stephanie says. It's 1 Corinthians 5 and 1.
1: Okay. That that might be it. Because uh, I do remember. What you're talking about. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Because. There were people. Who had. Become a part of the church. But they didn't want to let go of that old lifestyle. But God is calling us out of that.
0: So we're going to read the verse of 1 Corinthians 5 and 1. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. That's
1: the situation that was going on. But again, Paul said, don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Look, try to help them. Try to tell them, look, this ain't right. God don't want you doing that. But there's only so much you can do. You can't make somebody do right. So you've done your job. Once you try to tell them, you try to get them to see this ain't right. God cares about you. He loves you. He doesn't want you doing that.
0: All you have to do is, is, all your job is, is just to tell them. It's up to them. If they accept it or not
1: So I hope that answers your question Stephanie But He does say come out from among them Be therefore separated Now that's not to say "Oh, You see them coming You say "I I can't even talk to you I don't want to say nothing to you That's not what he's saying He's just saying look you don't have to hang out with these people every day. You don't have to say, "Oh yeah, we, 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 we're kicking it every day. We're, we're doing this tonight. We're doing this tomorrow. We're doing this and that. He's saying you don't have to do that. Separate yourselves because you're trying to live holy and they're not. And there's nothing wrong with that. If that's what they want to do,
0: go ahead and do what you want to do. But in the end, we all answer to God. Stephanie says, and Anne, I also see your comment, too, as well. I haven't forgotten. And Stephanie says, yes, yeah, so so this person keeps coming to me for help for the sin that they're in, and it's family, so I'm torn. Oh, well, if they're coming for help for the
1: sin, then that's a good thing. I thought you were saying that you try to show up, and they just don't even want your help anymore. But if they're still coming for help, then, then no, don't turn them away. Continue trying to help them. Continue trying to help them see that what they're doing is not right. And encourage them to go to church. Encourage them to talk to a preacher. A God sent preacher though. Encourage them to talk to a preacher
0: about whatever it is. She says, Stephanie says, no, I mean asking for money. Oh, (laughs) Using
1: uh, your money to continue their bad habits? Oh no, you don't have to. No, you God don't want you to uh, continue aiding someone with evil intentions. He said, "Be not partakers of another man's sin." So, God doesn't require you to do that.
0: But uh, did you want to get Ann's uh, Yeah, Ann's comment has been sitting there for a while. Uh, She says, I have told my abuser I forgive him, and I wish him the best. He stated I I need to change when I felt like I've been a good woman trying to bring him to God. Just go to church, pray together, and, and still cheating. We have two children, and he does not come around because I do not want to go through that anymore. God saved me from him after eight years, but I still feel sad when that's not from God. Fear is from Satan. God has not given us the spirit of fear. That is true.
1: I think I missed something there. You don't have to read again. Hey, I see
0: your comment as well. I'll get to that.
1: So um, and if you can tell me what you mean by you still feel sad when that's not from God, fears from Satan. What what is it that you're fearing? Um, I, unless I missed it, I'm not sure. But can you tell me what it what you meant by that? But I thank God that He saved you from that too, because God doesn't want you in situations like that. Mm-hmm.
0: She also says we were going to church, talk to a pastor, and even counseling.
1: Yeah, sometimes, I mean, people just don't want to do right because everybody has their own choice. So just because a person goes to church, just because they um, talk to the preacher, that doesn't mean they're going to do right. People ultimately have their own choice. But um, you said Sharon has something.
0: Sharon asks, what is your definition of living holy? Uh, That's a very
1: broad, um, it's kind of a broad answer, but is living to the best of your ability the life that God said, do? God said, be ye holy, for I am holy. But actually, I'll put it to you this way Jesus was holy. He was without sin. So what we should be trying to do is to the best of our ability. That's why I said the best of our ability to live without sin. Now, God knows it's impossible and I'm not crazy. I know it's impossible too, but every day we should be striving to get better and better. See, when I first got saved, I wasn't anywhere near where I am right now. I was still holding on to some things that I shouldn't have been holding on to. But now I've learned and realized I needed to let those things go. So where I was then is not where I am now. So I'm continuing to make myself holy because God requires it. When... Moses came to the backside of the mountain. God told him to take off his shoes. He said, holy for this program. is holy ground. He said, take off your shoes because this is holy ground. What he was trying to show us there was, you can't come to God in any kind of way. When we come to God and we say we're going to live godly, we have to do it the way he said do it. So holiness has nothing to do with you having on shoes or you not having on shoes, but it does have something to do with you taking off and laying down things that God doesn't want you to do. That's what holiness really has to do with. So me having evil in my heart, God wants me to take that off. That's why he said the Holy Ghost comes to circumcise. Our heart comes to cut off things that God doesn't want because the scripture says only the pure at heart shall see God. But how can I say I have a pure heart when I have this evil feeling towards Melvin? I say, man, this this one thing Melvin does, I just oh, I just can't stand it. <laughs> and so that makes me say, now but this this man is trying to be saved too. But I'm saying I, I would do this for Melvin, but uh, he just, ah, nah, it's just stuff that he does I just don't like. That's having evil thoughts toward the saints, the brethren. This is God's child. And I say, I'm going to treat them any kind of way. We're supposed to have the utmost respect for God's people. Everybody in general, but especially God's people. So there's there's things that Will cause me to not be holy. But being holy is. Living without sin. Trying our best. To not sin. But first. We have to find out. What sins. We got to first find out what (laughs) sins
0: are. Because there's so many things. That people don't know are sins. And And there's some (laughs) things that aren't sins. That people say are sins. So It's up to us to study the Bible. and make Mm -hmm. sure. And if I told you some
1: of them you say nah, that ain't no sin I don't know what they come up with that. Is <laughs> but we have to we have to live holy we have to live a lifestyle the way Jesus did again we cannot be perfect but the script God told um, Abraham he said walk before me and be perfect We can be perfect in our faith. But we don't even have, we're not even perfect in faith today. We think the only thing faith is, is just saying, I believe in Jesus. That's that's what we think faith is. That ain't faith. That's where it begins. That's not faith, though. Because when I can show you other scriptures and you say, well, I just don't believe that, you ain't got no faith. It's easy for somebody to say, oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus. They don't know nothing about him, though. They don't know a single thing about him. I'm
0: not trying to either.
1: Not, don't care about learning anything. But we say, I got faith. But it's more than that. Being holy encompasses a lot of things. But ultimately, it's God working on our heart.
0: That's why David said, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Mm -hmm. Because he knows. That's that's what God is concerned with, our hearts. And thing dealing with sin is, we we must try to live without sin. And I I know I say it all the time. As Tony said, it's, it's impossible to live without sin. We will slip up sometimes. But it's the difference between... Slipping up sometimes, and living in habitual sin, where you know it's a sin, and you still continue to do it in a way planned—that's a whole different story. They say, "Whoever is in Christ, we will become perfect in Christ." And as Tony said in the example earlier, or a while ago, that says, "If I swim once or twice, it doesn't make me a swimmer." But when I do it all the time, planning on doing it all the time, then that's when I become a swimmer. And that's when I become a sinner. When I sin all the time and plan on doing it, I'm planning on getting drunk this Friday night, Saturday night. That's that's what being a sinner is. But it seemed like you had
1: something. Oh, no, I was just... uh... Thinking about what Jesus said. He told us to love one another. As he has loved us. That's holiness. Because. The amount of love that Jesus showed. He put other people before him. Another scripture he said. Esteem others. Higher than yourselves. Esteem them over you. That's holiness. See people are not doing this kind of stuff David. Because this takes a sacrifice. It takes. Me saying, man, I'm tired, but because you are my brother, my sister in Christ, I'll do this for you. I may be hungry. I may be tired. I may be sleepy. But for you, I'm going to do this because I know you need some help. That's love. Putting someone else before you. That's ultimate holiness. Putting someone else before you. Loving your neighbor as yourself. That's holiness. And it requires a sacrifice because we're fast to say, well, we're fast to do things for ourselves. But when it comes time for us to do something for somebody else, we're real slow at doing that. The only time we're really adamant about doing something for somebody else is when it's our family member. When it's my mom, when it's my dad, when it's my brother, when it's my sister. But do it for somebody you don't know. Jesus didn't elevate his family over others. He didn't do that. That's not what Jesus did. So if we look at Jesus' life and everything he did, we'll see holiness. And we'll see what he wants us to do. Because I'm reminded of one time when Jesus was in a house, no doubt teaching, and people, it was crowded. And so they told him, they said, Jesus, your mother and your brothers, they looking for you. He said, Who is my mother and my brother? Uh, so who are they?
0: Those that do the will of the Father.
1: He said, Those that do the will of my father which is in heaven, those are my brothers. Those are my sisters. That's my mother. Those that do God's will, that's my family. But see, we <laughs> This is holiness. We we don't look at it like that. Our mother, father out there doing whatever it is and knowing they're disobeying God, we still hold them higher than God's people. We still say, Oh, ain't nothing wrong with what they're doing. I won't be talking about my family now. What's wrong with your family? We don't hold them higher than uh, we don't hold them to the standard that God wants us to, because we're willing to overlook when it comes to our family. But when it comes to somebody else's family, we say, God, I can't believe they. Fa- I can't believe they did that. Look it down. That don't make no sense. Hmm. But that's not holiness. Jesus said, "Who is my mother? Who is my brother?" That's the level of love we have to get to. He said, "Those that do God's will, that's my true family." If my family does not want to do God's will, <laughs> they may be my natural family, but they're not my spiritual family. That's holiness, and that those are some hard things to accept. We say, "Man, this woman, my mother, my father—they did." And I'm not saying don't—I'm uh, not saying disrespect your family or disrespect whoever, but there is a higher level of love that God is calling for. With the brothers and sisters. With the church. But that's holiness. Because Jesus he went around traveling everywhere with his disciples. After he came of age and he began to be about his father's business. (laughs) We didn't see him talking about man I'm trying to go hang out with my brother. Me and my brother, we about to we about to hang out today. We doing a barbecue. No, he was focused on God's people and trying to get God's people saved. That's what he that's what his focus on was on. Living holy. But we're not concerned with those type of things. So holy, holiness is a a really deep answer but i would say just to sum it all up is just look at jesus and we'll see what holiness was because there was no gal found in his mouth no sin he took on our sins and went to hell for her. holiness is forgiveness because like we pointed out earlier he said father forgive him that's holiness Holiness is not condemning someone to death. But saying. God help this person. He said. Bless them that curse you. Love your enemies. That's holiness. So. Yeah Sharon. It's a lot that goes into that. We'll be. will be here all night. Getting to that answer. Yeah. Um, but. In short, it's just everything that Jesus did was holy. it was His holiness. It was just the way of God, a way of life. And he said in one place, "Without holiness, no man shall see God."
0: Um, I think I have pulled that up, but. Shane says, thanks for that response and enlightenment.
1: You're welcome, Sharon.
0: Thank you.
1: Oh, he said, follow peace. Uh, This is Hebrews 12 and 14.
0: of peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord Holy, holiness is about having peace
1: so it's a lot that goes into it, it's a lot it's a lot but uh, thank you Sharon for asking because it's, I'm sure there's a lot of people that wondering also what what is holiness what does that even mean Yep But Jesus was holy Everything about him So our strive and our Drive should be to live more like him And less like our old selves So So
0: Hopefully, somebody else has something else that they're wondering about. If anybody has any questions about anything, it doesn't have to be related to the topic, please ask because I can guarantee you nine times out of ten, somebody else has the same question.
1: But I will recap uh, just what we were talking about earlier to give somebody else an opportunity to say something if they they so choose. Uh, But we were talking about condemnation judgment and repentance and how the a woman was caught in the act of adultery and brought to jesus and now they didn't bring the man because they weren't looking for justice in the first place but they didn't bring whoever she was committing the act with they didn't bring them to jesus that person to jesus they just brought the woman. And so. They told Jesus. Which he already knew anyway. But they told Jesus. The law of Moses said that. If someone was caught in the act. They should be stoned. So Jesus kneels down. Writes their track record on the ground. Bible doesn't tell us that. But that's what he did. He wrote their record on the ground. Because. If you say that he didn't, tell me, what did he write? What would cause them to leave out of that room? Because Jesus told them, you that have no sin, you throw the first stone. You cast the first stone. So, if he were not writing their track record, what would cause them to leave? Because everybody knows they have sin. That, that don't... <laughs> Just telling somebody, yeah, you have sin in you, that don't really make them feel a certain type of way. A lot of people don't care at all, they got sin. They say, oh, everybody does, everybody does, everybody got sin, it don't matter. But Jesus pointed out their sin specifically. And now in their minds, they wonder, well, what should happen to us? (laughs) Should we be stoned too?
0: They didn't ask that though.
1: So they got out of Dodge. And now Jesus tells the woman. He said look. You go and sin no more. That's where we are today. Jesus died for us. Yes he did. But he didn't die for you to continue in sin. He died for you to give those up. He died so that we can be saved. So that we can have life. And that more abundantly. He can't. Continue to open our eyes if we're surrounded by sin. Because that's the very thing God hates. That's what got us in trouble in the first place. So, how could the, how could, (laughs) Paul said, don't be deceived. How could we allow the devil to deceive us once again, the same way he got Eve? With sin. I mean, think about it. We say, the Bible says that they ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So people will say, I mean, if you think about it, if they ate of a tree that God told them not to, and all of these horrible things are now entered into the world, we have earthquakes, tornadoes, fires, death, I mean, so many different diseases, diabetes, so many different diseases, glaucoma, uh, high cholesterol, so many evil things that God didn't want us to have, all because of one sin, one, just one act of disobedience, you have now allowed the devil to tell you you can continue being disobedient and God's just gonna say oh it's okay
0: you know that one sin and we're in all this stuff one and yet we continue to sin daily like it's nothing
1: and think it's all okay with God he Uh, wasn't okay with one but now he's okay with a hundred thousand hundred million sins (laughs) my God the devil is deceptive God of
0: this world has blinded the eyes of many
1: He took Jesus dying on the cross and made people think it's okay to sin now it was never okay and it never will be okay it never will be okay so like Paul said he said don't be deceived because the unrighteous the unrighteous won't inherit the kingdom of God they won't be saved even if they said, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I think that was Anne or Stephanie. I can't remember who brought it up. But a lot of those people are going to say, Lord, Lord, let us in. We've done so many wonderful works in your name. But he said, I know you not. Depart from me, ye workers of sin.
0: Ye workers of iniquity. And that's just that's what's really bad about it um a lot of things that we do we don't even know that it's the same because we won't take the time out to actually read the bible and study it to make sure so we're living our daily lives thinking that we're living a holy life living for god so in the day of judgment we're gonna be like what's up god i can't get in i've done i've built so many big churches in your name i've cast out devils in your name I've got a lot of people to come to Bible study. Went to church every Wednesday, every Sunday. Every Wednesday and every Sunday. And then for him to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity for I know you're not. That's tough. Because there's no coming back from that. There's no more chances after that. So that's why we get on here week in and week out. <laughs> pleading with the people. Read your Bible. Mm-hmm. Get baptized in Jesus' name. Get the gift of the Holy Ghost with evidence of talking in tongues. I mean you you may not understand fully at first But nobody does at first That's what faith is for If we can see everything Then why, why do we need faith There's no reason It's for the unseen things And once we be obedient It will be made known It will be manifest to us But if
1: there Isn't anyone else we might as well wrap it up here. Yep. Going on almost (laughs) two hours. Almost. We might as well wrap it up and not prolong it because we'll have next week.
0: Yep. Every Thursday. But, you know, if that be it, if you have any more questions, please ask them. But if that be it, we'll definitely wrap it up there. And if you didn't get anything else from this message, um, if you know you're out there doing not the will of God, I would just say, make a change, look in the mirror, examine yourself, make a change, and repent, because like Jesus told the woman, go and sin no more, Jesus Christ died for our right to earn, to get salvation, (laughs) people say, what do you, what do you do to get salvation? Is it just you go to the front of the congregation and repeat a phrase, shake the pastor's hand and say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the is the Son of God and I accept him as my personal Lord and Savior. Not so. Yo, take a look in the Bible. Take a look. It's in the book. Read John chapter 3 verses 1 through 5. Acts chapter 2, 1 through 5. Then skip on down. You can read it all. I encourage you to read it all. Skip on down to chapter 2 verses 36 to 39 read Acts chapter 8 chapter 10 chapter 19 chapter 26 read it all the Lord is the same yesterday today and forevermore so the same people the same way that people received salvation back in the bible days is going to happen the exact same way today so why are we why are we trying to change it same God same God that Moses talked to on the backside of the mountain same God the same God that stopped (laughs) see that's why we have to make a change next chapter 2 they they, um, asked Peter and the rest of the apostles what shall we do see they knew they had to make a change they didn't continue to kill when Paul was heading down to Damascus the Lord stopped him He had to make a change. He was blinded for three days. And fasted. No, no, so we don't like to fast. (laughs) But he even tells us how. He didn't eat anything and he didn't drink anything. And now, he is the one we read in the majority of the New Testament. Paul. But he didn't start out that way. He was murdering people for uh, preaching in the name of Jesus. Calling on that name. And like Tony said earlier, it takes sometimes it takes something bad to happen to us before we open our eyes, right. and that's a good thing about that scripture. <laughs> when Paul was getting saved, when G, after he had fasted for three days, they said, and scales began to fall from his eyes, or, or he compared it to scales being fall from falling from his eyes, signifying that his eyes were now open, and that's what. And that's the same way what happened to us. Because sure, we won't understand everything from the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's why we have to have faith. For the things that are unseen. He talks about that too. So I encourage you to read the Bible. I encourage you to make that change because I know there are people out there that know they are doing wrong. And want to change. And it can happen for you. Same way it happened for Paul <laughs> Same way it happened to Peter too Peter wasn't, where, wasn't uh, the great apostle at first He lied And said he didn't even know Jesus Denied him three times And on the third time he even started cussing But we read Peter too. That's who told the, pe- the uh, people that killed Jesus. You need to repent. Make a change. Repent. And be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission or the removal or the forgiveness of sins. Peter was the one that had the key to heaven. So no doubt he knew what he was talking about. Jesus already said that his name was written in the book of heaven. The mm-hmm. book of life. So if he lied, that means Jesus is a lie. In Revelation it says All eyes have their part in the fire So make that change I know we all know that Some of change is going to come Make that change And that's all I have to say So we appreciate you guys For sticking with us th- this long Because definitely if you have been with us this long You are in the minority and That's a good thing I know, we, I know we don't like to be in the minority But Being in the minority is definitely a good thing Because most people will be lost As denoted in Matthew chapter 7 Verses 13 and 14 Take a look at that But we'll end it right there Again thank you for watching We appreciate all of your questions And for sharing the stories of how you've overcome things And asking for clarification on scriptures We definitely appreciate that And to continue asking You don't have to wait until Thursday Our inboxes are always open no matter what time it is, learning these scriptures is important. This is how we're gonna be saved, knowing what these scriptures mean. I mean, I posted about that the other day. We go to church and hear a motivational speech, hearing this is your year. (laughs) Again, haven't had a year yet. (laughs) I remember I saw a funny picture, and it was somebody being mad at the pastor, and it was like I thought you said this was my year. It's funny, but um, I'm gonna say there's no ending it there. Um, for our podcast listeners, we we go live every Thursday, six thirty p.m. Central Standard Time, where you can ask live questions to get live feedback. And for our Facebook watchers, we upload the audio versions to every major podcast directory, so you can listen anytime, anywhere. So um, thank you for watching, and we're going to end it there. Um, I pray that you guys have a blessed Thursday evening and a blessed weekend, and we'll see you guys next Thursday. Thank you, guys.